The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation on The Talking Point. We're going to switch gears now and take a look at violence and harassment in the workplace. So we know that there has been an expansion on the legislation that, uh, you know, affects violence and harassment in the workplace. And just uh, this week, we have the Labour Minister, Tula Singhasi, who officially registered South Africa's labour laws against gender-based violence and harassment with the uh, International Labour Organization. Dr. Susan Steinman is an Ashoka Fellow, an international researcher and author in workplace violence. She's also the founder and chair of the Workplace Dignity Institute. Dr. Steinman, good morning to you and thanks for your time today. Good morning to you and good morning to your viewers. Thank you. What does it mean for South Africa to finally be here where this code of good practice on the elimination, on the prevention and elimination of violence and harassment in the workplace seems to have finally been, been finalized and is before the International Labour Organization? You know, Cassie, this is one of the most wonderful moments I think in the labor history of South Africa, because this is overdue for many, many years. I mean, as far back as 2001, I've been doing research with the World Health Organization and the ILO and various other bodies into the uh, phenomenon of workplace violence and how it manifests not only in the health sector, but all over South Africa. So this is a major, major uh, step uh, for us. And, and I think that this places us on par with especially the uh, European Union, the UK, and certain states in the United States of America where they do have legislation that refers specifically to mm-hmm. violence and harassment in the workplace. One of the things that the draft code has done is um, it has expanded on the definitions of what then would constitute violence and harassment in the workplace. What were the previous limitations of um, these descriptions? You know, there was actually very vague saying harassment in the workplace. Now, harassment is quite a broad term, you know, because it can be inclusive of workplace bullying um, and of racial discrimination in the workplace. So with, uh, with this recognition of harassment, your verbal abuse, your bullyism in the workplace, your racism in the workplace, all being acknowledged as uh, being unacceptable behavior. So that is is the major triumph that it's been expanded to include, for instance, bullying, which is a huge problem in our workplaces uh, today. And um, yes, so this is a major, major move uh, that will normalize the workplace and make it safe because it also recognized that we need to be free of violence and harassment, including gender-based, a very specific, including gender-based violence. Um, so it's not restricted to just gender-based violence outside the workplace, but even domestic violence manifests in the workplace in some way or another, either through uh, absent, absenteeism or even through a person 
a, a, a dangerous spouse coming in and shooting a person in the workplace. So it is very important that the issue of gender-based violence, because women and uh, girls are very vulnerable in the workplace. And and we'll talk about the 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 the, the gendered aspect of it in terms of gender based violence. I, I I just want to to focus on the bullying in the workplace for a little bit. Okay. Are we finding that it is better? It is becoming easier rather to address bullying in the workplace. And does does legislation like this empower? employees or employers uh, whoever finds themselves in the situation where they feel that they're being bullied to have that that issue addressed it's very difficult to address bullying in the workplace um, and and even there are a zero tolerance there are certain employers in South Africa that do have policies and they have zero a zero tolerance for bullying in the workplace for some reason, it is like a speed limit. It will still happen, but there need to be consequences. And uh, bullying in the workplace is a rife in South Africa. Um, unfortunately, the news is not that good uh, in, in, in as far as we are seeing uh, workplace uh, bullying going out of the workplace. Unfortunately, uh, you know, in the workplace, is a microcosm of the community of what happens outside the workplace. So violence is so endemic to South Africa that we will find that violence in the form of bullying, in the form of physical violence, there's a lot of physical violence too, in the form of sexual and racial harassment, we will find that in the workplace. So it is not, it is the implementation of legislation or codes that will, in fact, make the difference. It is the way the employer, without fear, uh, uh, without fear for favor or anything, that implements that uh, code in the workplace. And whether the um, uh, uh, victim, because very often the victims are being victimized. The person who must carry out uh, uh, the disciplinary hearing are being victimized. So it is a huge problem in the South African workplace, workplace bullying. And, um, you know, with my many, many years, uh, almost 25 years of experience in this field, I want to say that we're making a beginning, but we mustn't be complacent and think this is all we need and our problems will be over. It is not. We need to be vigilant and work very hard at implementing this and making it real that it is as much applicable to the CEO mm. at the workplace as to the one who is in a lower position. It cannot favor any person. And unfortunately, bullying is always top down or almost always 87% of the cases, only 13% or 17% of the cases are, um, are bottom up, mm. you know. So, so we're looking at a top-down uh, phenomenon where the victims of workplace bullying are mostly very vulnerable because of their position, you know, and... Um, and unfortunately, we've got to take note. We've got to. We have to be very vigilant, and we have to see 
and this is South Africa's weakness in implementation of policies. Mm. So ultimately, part of the reason why people keep quiet about workplace bullying is because they're having to make decisions about whether or not they put their jobs in jeopardy or if, you know, they they, they suck mm-hmm. it up and live with it. Absolutely, Kathy. And, and you know, what is the most important thing? If we look at our act on whistleblowing, it doesn't give the protection to the complainant. And it doesn't protect. We, we had a person that lost their life. So uh, we, and the workplace bullying is, is also at risk of not to be effective if it is not looking at whoever complains. You can be in the lowest position in the organization and the person you're complaining about is the CEO. The power balance is very unequal and, and this is putting a workplace bullying, if not implemented in the correct way, it will be uh, probably just as ineffective as our whistleblower laws. Mm. The the other significant changes, of course, are also around uh, sexual harassment and, you know, the definition of that, uh, what constitutes sexual harassment in the context of a workplace. Uh, explain that to us, please. Yes, it is any unwelcome behavior of, of a sexual nature, whether it is a slap on the thumb, whether it is a a remark that uh, uh, the person sounds unwelcome or derogative, your only problem comes in when it is sexual harassment by invitation only. And uh, sometimes uh, it is welcome because people might be feeling attracted to one another. But um, the workplace is a professional place. And very often it is don't expose yourself also to uh, sexual harassment. And that's very often men would like to make a comment that a woman is beautiful and so on. And they make it in a very awkward way. And it can be constituted as sexual harassment because it is unwelcome behavior. But also sexual harassment is power play and it must be viewed very seriously, especially if the harasser is in a senior position and the person being harassed is in a very junior position and often finds it when when it happens, unable to do something about it, it's they bewildered. And we must understand that trauma plays a huge role in sometimes people not reporting it or women waiting for other women to also feel strong about it and they go in as a group and complain about a colleague's behavior. So sexual harassment is unwelcome behavior, but it doesn't belong to the workplace. And even if a woman looks very pretty and so on, we must watch out, uh, especially men, must watch out how they say it. And uh, sexual harassment is very serious. It can be a soul-destroying experience. And it causes a lot of anger with the victim because they feel humiliated. They feel so victimized and they sometimes feel helpless because they are standing up against power. 
Dr. Susan Stateman, Stainman rather, is an Ashoka Fellow and she's also the founder and chair of the Workplace Dignity Institute. We're talking around the new code of conduct that has been adopted into law and effectively been put in front of the International Labour Organization. It changes some of the definitions around bullying, sexual harassment and other related issues of abuse within the workplace. I think we can take a couple of calls so um, you can dial us in on 011-714-2006 that's the number to dial uh, to get in touch with us this morning on the whatsapp line it's 0614-104-107 you can send your voice notes and your text messages is there clarity that you need when it comes to understanding this legislation dr stainman will certainly take some of your questions and we'll continue the conversation after this the Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation on The Talking Point and Dr. Susan Steinman is still joining us because uh, we look at then some of the draft, the code of good practice rather, on the prevention and elimination of violence and harassment in the workplace. So, you know, Dr. Steinman, you were talking earlier about how harassment and in particular sexual harassment manifests itself in the workplace. And oftentimes we... There have been comments comments made. You talked about, you know, people maybe being slapped on the bum or just inappropriate um, touching that that takes place. And 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 sometimes women don't speak up about these issues because they don't want to be seen as as being petty or as being, you know, um, being unnecessary, even if it is, you know, maybe somebody commenting on how you look in a particular dress or in a particular hairstyle that makes you feel uncomfortable, but you don't raise it because you don't want to be that girl that seems to just, you know, not have taken a compliment in the right way. Um, Kathy, this is this is a very difficult one, and um, sometimes you've got to have a little bit of sympathy with people that that just need to be educated how to compliment appropriately. Mm. But the thing is, we want as women, we want our rights, our dignity, to be equal to that of men, and very often we don't. Uh, go out, for instance, as women and uh, tell a man, listen, your six-pack looks wonderful and so on. (laughs) (laughs) Your six-pack looks great under that shirt. (laughs) (laughs) We can really see it, you know. (laughs) So so that would be very inappropriate um, for us to do that. And it's also inappropriate for men to, to actually comment on a woman's look. Because you in the workplace, you are a professional. And you want don't want to be seen as sexy. You want to be seen as competent, as professional. So it is really, it is very difficult. And it is a fine line between a genuine, just a compliment, and something with a bit of a sexual undertone. Mm. So it is. It, it makes it very difficult and it calls for good judgment on the side of the complimenter. And um, yes, uh, uh, 
I think that women in such case, I personally, this is my opinion, mm. I would not report somebody who said, well, you know, you look really good. I would say, listen, or you look very sexy. I would say, listen, it's not appropriate for, for you to call me sexy at work. I would like you to, and to rephrase it. Uh, you know, as follows. Mm. In that way, we can also educate the person. Uh, instead of putting a really black uh, blot against that person's name. Uh, so I think it calls for your own your own feeling of, is, is this something I can handle? Mm. And put it right now and then. If it persists, then you can make a plan. But can I put it right, right now? Can I lay down the rule? Instead of giggling about it, uh, yeah. You know, saying, "Listen, I'm professional, please." Yeah, all right, and 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 it sounds like a lot of it also then lies in the hands of 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 those who are experiencing this behavior and how they respond to it. Dumile, you're calling us from East London. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Katie. Uh, I want to just ask a question, you know, from mm-hmm. the guest. Uh, I want to know, in South Africa, do we still have the law that speaks to public indecency? And I just want to understand, how does it affect uh, the dress codes of people and how they are affected by those dress codes in the in the workplace? Because, you know, I will tell you why. In, 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 my, in how I see it, look, uh, first of all, obviously, you can hear the men. <laughs> so, now, there's something I've been noticing, you know, the, the dress code over the years has changed. And I know you might say, ah, similar, you know. But I want to understand, because men are the way they are and females are the way they are, even if you look in the natural world, there are certain ways and choose that a female uh, kind of exposes to attract a male partner. Now, I, I want to understand where, where is the line in between human beings in crossing those lines, whether in their private spaces or in public spaces. Uh, where you are behaving into natural behavior or you are behaving in a way that biologically or otherwise triggers certain responses from another person, you know, and to what those responses might lead to. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, if you can make an example, if you look at how Africans grow up, every stage there's a certain dress code for a child, child for Indomie, for Umama, for younger and So I just want to understand because. There seems to be no line these days between public indecency and 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 the office. So, just be, be men so, being yeah. the way they are, but just in, in in that line, I just want to understand. So 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 Dumile, just before you go, I'm going to give uh, Doctor Steinman an opportunity to respond to you. But what you're saying actually right. takes me back to the conversation that we often hear around rape. I know, right? I know you were and going to go there, but I, didn't, I, I, I hope it's, you it's, can it's, attend it's, to this in a philosophical way, not in that philosophical No, 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 but, 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 really the think, but, but the thinking behind it, the thinking behind it is the same because it says that when a woman leaves her house in the morning when she gets dressed, she is dressing with thinking about how men are going to respond. To the way in which he's dressed. No, no, no. Okay, please, please get me right, my lady. Forget mm. the thinking now. Let's remove the thinking part, you know, because that's learned behavior. Now, I'm just talking about the feeling, the natural response. Yeah, I mean, in, in psychology, there, there is what you call cause and effect. Now, the, obviously, so how you are what, ex- Explain what mm. is this natural response for me. 
like, let me make a similar example. You know, in the natural world, uh, at a certain age, a certain species uh, has certain smells and certain things that they grow because they are in a stage where they are now are ready to have a partner to mate and reproduce, you know. Now, th- those protocols and principles apply to every element of the natural world. They are not specific to animals or specific to humans. But humans uh, have some kind of leverage in using their brain. But obviously, that goes to how far have you trained the brain? Can you ignore certain things that you see uh, based on how you have trained the brain? Or are you going to be always be naturally reactive? Because naturally, you are still affected. If it's cold, I will feel cold. That's a natural response. Someone else can train and say, I'm going to grow up in cold. I'm going to grow up taking a cold shower, so I don't, I'm not affected. You know, you get my point. Do but then mean? that's a matter of intellectual Do training. So, so I'm going to ask you to, to stay on the line. And Dr. Steinman, I'll give you an opportunity to respond to him. It is 11 o'clock now. I'm going to go over to Anne Musa, who has the latest news headlines. And then we'll finalize this issue on the other side of the news. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. It's 7 after 10. Welcome to the third and final hour of The Talking Point. We continue leading the conversation on SAFM. Uh, Before we get into our final conversation of the day, black tax or Ubuntu, that's what we're going to be uh, looking at, the financial burdens that are borne by those who have the opportunity of employment in their families and the responsibility of having to take care of their loved ones. Before we get to that, I want us to wrap up the conversation on violence and harassment in the workplace. Dumile in East London, of course, uh, called in and he told us about uh, just, you know, what are the limitations when it comes to dress code in the workplace and how much of that um, is linked with the harassment that that we see. Uh, And Dr. Susan Stainman has been our guest. So, uh, Dr. Stainman, I'm going to give you the opportunity to to respond to Dumile. And just double-checking, Dumile, you're still on the line. Yes, yes, sir. Okay, great. All right, great. (laughs) Dr. Stainman? Yes, okay. I I, I was just listening to him. I didn't get everything, but... um, what I think is he's buying into the stereotyping of boys will be boys. Now, um, unfortunately, in the workplace, we are professionals. And as hard as it is for, uh, for men, and you know, I've been training men in sexual harassment since about 2004, 2005. And then often I'm confronted in the class with my culture. My culture says, if a woman says no, she actually means yes, you know. And uh, but we need to to leave our stereotypes behind going to the workplace. And yes, sometimes a woman looks beautiful and she may look sexy, but you've got to keep it to yourself and you've got to just work on and forget because at work we cannot look at one another in a sexual way. Um, it's dangerous. It can ruin your career. And this is the warning to men. Don't be complacent and think that you can make remarks. I've had a case once 
where a, a man made a remark to a woman that he would other, otherwise have said to her, but the HR people saw it, and he immediately got suspended from his job. So it is very dangerous to engage in such behavior. And sometimes you've got to say, I'm putting my job first. I'm not going to make that remark. And, ha and have self-control if you feel that it's in your nature to do it. So, um, yes, unfortunately, the workplace is very strict, very, very uh, uh, straightforward. Uh, and we know what will happen if you touch somebody inappropriately and it is unwelcome behavior. So you will never know whether it is welcome or unwelcome in the workplace. And somebody being friendly is not an invitation to make a, 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 a inappropriate remark. So as much as I, I hear what he says, and you know, and it is the old stereotype of boys will be boys, but it cannot, it cannot be appropriate in the workplace. Mm. And love Katie? your job more. Yes. <laughs> Dumile, do, do that's fine. Katie? You can come in. Yes. Uh, can, can I add something? Because, you see, I, I was actually very worried about that part of stereotyping. You know, with, with, with that word, we use the word a bit loosely. I'm a bit concerned because, you know, with the word stereotyping, you know, the, 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 there's something that happens when certain elements interact. Now, you can call that that is stereotyping or that expected behavior. Like, as you say, in the workplace, you are expected to be professional. But are people professional? For instance, you walk around good suburbs, there are certain houses without a fence, certain houses as a fence. Now, usually I say to my wife, let me say this about my wife. If my wife wakes up and I say, hey, I feel my wife looks hot, I will say, hey, you look hot. But am I the only one who thinks my wife looks hot? And I understand other men don't necessarily have to say that. But here's the challenge. Another woman in the office will say that, hey, my friend, you look hot today. But then a man is supposed to, to not say the same thing. So I, I think here there the, is a, the, the, a space where we need to be adults and be sincere and honest about, but stop using the the the, the normal narratives that are out there, like the word stereotyped or your harassment. Let's look at it at this basic intrinsic element. How are humans are with each other? How do they interact? And with years that have gone by, how much of that behavior has changed? Have we worked far enough for men? For instance, now you see people wearing lace curtains and they say they're going to work. And you have a lace curtain. And I mean, in the office, so are other people supposed to be looking around when you come in front of them, look on the other side? And if they happen to be attracted to look so, deeper so, into so, it, so, 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 Dumile, what is, is, is it harassment? What, what, what is the appropriate, what is I don't know. Dumile, what is the appropriate response? when you do see somebody, as I you're saying. I, where, I, I no, tell me, what do you exactly do now? What but but what do you do now? No, I don't do anything when I can. You know, when I was still at varsity, I used to tell my friends at the beginning of the year, you know, in March, February, when you're still hot, I was at Cape Tech. You have a piazza there, and people will be going up. So when you're sitting down, you can see up. And I would tell you, you know, look on the other side, because don't give the people power for them when they feel like they look hot and you have to respond. Because there are the only two options you have. It's either you don't respond, or you look the other way, or you look, but my, your looking has to be very curtailed because you have a certain small window before people can think, hey, you're being harassing with your view. I mean, some people, they have X-ray views, you know, so we, I, I don't know. To be honest, I don't, I don't know what will happen if men were to go to work wearing lace curtains as pants. 
and no, I, I really don't know what will happen. Okay, know. all right, just, Dumile. Just this weekend, you know, just this weekend, I heard someone said uh, you had brought a guy to a, to a conference. This guy was in wearing underwear. Now he managed to sit down, but when he stood up, his thing could show. Now the women in the room were a bit offended, but the guy doesn't like to wear uh, underwear. But now his thing was showing. Yeah, but, but now Dumile, Dumile, Dumile. We see these things every day. All, like all workplaces. All yeah. workplaces, mm. I assume, mm. those that have mm-hmm. good HR departments, have yeah, a dress exactly. code. And yeah, so if the person yeah. is not dressed in breach yeah, of the dress yeah, code, yeah, then yeah, what is the yeah. problem? Okay, Dumile, yeah. I'm going to leave it there know. with you for, 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 yeah, for today. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Stedman, let, let me bring you in here. Perhaps your final thoughts just to, uh, just to wrap up the conversation for us. Yes. Yes, I was saying, let, let me bring you oh, in here for, oh, for your okay. final thoughts. Yeah. Right, right. You know, I've, I've been listening to him and he, he's got a point in terms of dress code. I, I do think one needs to dress professionally and uh, in the workplace too. Um, that is an important point and most workplaces do have a dress code. You know, um, uh, and that's important. Uh, the important thing is also women can also sexually harass. Uh, I, I don't think we must say that it is totally just on the side of men. Women can also sexually harass men. And there has been cases that I've, I know of where it actually took place. So the message is in all workplaces, let's be professional. Uh, it is a non-sexual environment. You're there to work and to earn an income, and you should be so busy that there's no place for that in the workplace. All right. I love that, Dr. Steinman. You should be so busy. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> Dumile, you should be drowning in your emails, not looking at people's <laughs> lace curtains or non-lace curtains or whatever it is that you, that they're wearing. Uh, Dr. Susman Steinman uh, is the founder and chair of the Workplace Dignity Institute. Let me thank you uh, for your time and also for your participation as our listeners. The final conversation of the day that we'll be having, of course, it's really building on something that was started on Tuesday. This was on uh, Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch and it was the issue of black tax as it's come to be known in South Africa. What is black tax? Is it black tax? Is it Ubuntu? Is it family responsibility? Uh, That's part of the conversation we'll be having.